Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 161. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today. This is our second episode of season number six and the first episode this season to feature a repeat guest. We've got Justin Ben Lolo of the band Broken Love back on the Adamantium podcast today. And I absolutely loved having Justin back on the podcast. Uh, he's such a rock star and just a real chill dude. And uh, when you've met before, it kind of takes out that uh, warm-up time at the beginning of an interview, and we were able to just jump right into it. And it just felt a lot more chill, too, because I remember the first time, it was one of the very first in-person interviews that I was able to do again, especially indoors. And I remember Justin was cool with it, but it was just like kind of getting the room and, and getting into the venue was there was still some stigma around people meeting up and so uh, this time was was really cool we actually just chilled on the balcony of the Danforth Music Hall and we recorded this ahead of Broken Love's show that they were doing with the Blue Stones here in Toronto in fact partway through the episode you'll be treated to a private Blue Stones acoustic set that's happening in the background and Justin makes it super easy. He makes you feel like you're just hanging out with a buddy. He also introduced me to these sweet leather jackets. I was obsessed. The brand's called Straight to Hell. Um, and I ended up getting one of my own. In fact, I'm pretty sure I got the exact same one that he was wearing that night. So podcast and fashion advice from Justin Ben Lolo of Broken Love. So the first time we met, Broken Love had just released their first album. And this time they had just released their second album, which it's crazy how quickly they were able to turn around that album. You'll hear all about it in the interview, which before we get into, we're going to do the Adamantium Recommends segment, which you can now find on Apple Music as a playlist. It's called the Adamantium Recommends Playlist. So many of the songs that I recommend in this segment go into that playlist and you can have a listen through. So here are five songs by Broken Love that I recommend and I'm going to try and mix it up from the last time we had Justin on the show. So starting with a few songs off that new second album I was mentioning, the album's called Black Box. I'm going to recommend the song Dead Weight, the song Like a Drug, and the song Forever's Enough. And then going back to their debut self-titled album from 2020, I'm going to recommend the song I See Red and the song Paper Cuts. And that's it. Again, check out the Adamantium Recommends playlist on Apple Music. And if you're a new listener to the Adamantium podcast, maybe you're a Broken Love fan tuning in for the first time today. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also find the Adamantium on social media. We're on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Or you can find us just by searching the Adamantium podcast. And that is it for now. So let's get into today's episode. That's episode 161 of the Adamantium podcast featuring Justin Ben Lolo of Broken Love. Have a great rest of the week, everybody. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. Be safe, be good to each other, and we will see you back here on the Adamantium podcast real soon. Good. Yeah, we're here with Justin again. 
Yeah. Again, from you're becoming a regular now. Take two. We'll do a yearly, <laughs> an annual, an annual check-in with Justin from Broken Love. Hopefully, it just keeps getting like you come to bigger and bigger venues. That's it. Every so next is like by the end, it's gonna be like here we are at Rogers Center yeah, with yeah. Broken Love headlining. That's that's the goal, right? Yeah, that's it. We've yeah. got uh, we've got the Rolling Stones opening. Yeah. For <laughs> us. <laughs> Uh, by then, like, Mick Jagger, actually, I mean, already, Mick Jagger's, like, 80, so... They're basically dead. Yeah. You know, they're, like, zombies, you know, but they're but still great. But it blows my mind. <laughs> I saw them, great, you know? I saw them, like, maybe, like, four or five years ago yeah. in Buffalo, and I was, like, still got this him, old man moves better than, like, most young people. Dude, he's in better shape than, yeah, yeah. most of the people I know, honestly. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Seriously. He's in better shape than, and like, they sound fantastic. every touring band I've toured with, yeah. you know, so it's pretty, they it's sound, pretty crazy. They sound good, too, like, uh... I mean, they've got a lot of backup now, yeah. but uh, but still, I was like, for for like dudes in their seventies or eighties, whatever oh, yeah. they're hit now, like there's a reason yeah. why you last that long, right? That's you true. Know? There's some there's some kind of uh, what movie did I see it in recently? But I'm like, Mick Jagger's going into one of those like capsules at the end of the night, like that's submerged <laughs> in water just yeah, to keep his yeah, body yeah, yeah. <laughs> to keep him falling apart. Yeah. Heals him overnight. You know? Yeah, I think it was in one of the Star Wars series or whatever. That... Oh, you're talking about the Boba Fett series. Yeah, where yeah, he goes yeah, yeah. and lies in the thing. I'm like, yeah. that's what Mick Jagger's doing every For night. Sure. Yeah. He's, he's got to be. That's <laughs> yeah. the secret. How? How else? That's the secret. Keith Richards, too. Oh, like, yeah. Keith Richards is like, more drugs. He's got a little <laughs> sauce. I don't know what it is, but yeah. it, just, it just works. The secret sauce. It works for him, it. Yeah. you know? Yeah, it's oh. in all the, all the drugs. That's yeah. the sauce. <laughs> that is the sauce. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about Black Box, because you guys just put out album number two. Yeah. It's awesome, dude. Like, I love the first album. I think this album's even better. Thank I'm not you. just saying that because you're you. sitting right here. <laughs> I'm not going to turn that. this off and be like, <laughs> but no, oh, I, I love it, man. Uh, like a Drug, I think, is my new favorite song of yours. Oh, thanks, man. Um, tell me a little bit, was there a different process to putting out the sophomore album? Yeah, this was a lot different. Yeah. Um, well, the first record was like recorded live off the floor, you know, to tape. And we had time to kind of prep for it. This was like a complete. Can I swear? I yeah, yeah. I can't. Say whatever this was you a want. Complete shit show, basically. Because okay. like, the label hit me up. Was like, we need new songs. It was middle of the pandemic. Right. There was nothing you could do. Yeah. You know, um, so, I guess actually by the time we had done uh, the first interview, I I had just. I was just about to go in to record this record right as that, okay. that tour ended. So I think when we did it, Dead Weight had just come out as a single. That may, maybe. I guess like maybe literally maybe just come out, I remember. Okay, so then maybe we, so I went we didn't, in to record we didn't post, the back half. Yeah, right. yeah, so okay, so we didn't, we didn't post, post it for a while. For a while and so when we recorded it, that was in Toronto in December. I Literally, I think after that show, the next day I went in to start mm-hmm. the record or something like that. Yeah. So that record was like thrown together basically as we were recording it. Right. There was nothing written. There was like some ideas, you know, little okay. sort of like... Um, you didn't have songs written. There was no songs. Wow. I mean, well, because like we decided, okay, we're going to do this record. And then I was like, okay, well, I like to push things to the last minute anyways. Right. And I kind of like working under pressure. You okay. Know? Diamonds yeah. are formed like, under pressure. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I went on tour all summer. And then I got home and then I went on tour again all, f- all like fall. Right. So I had no time to write songs. And then... Um, you know, we chose our producer, Anton, and he was like, well, this is the time I have available. And I was like, well, shit, that's yeah. right when I get off tour. Right. So we're going to have to figure this out. And uh, at the time, it was also tough with all the travel restrictions and stuff with my band. Yeah. So it was like basically impossible to get them to stay to do the record. Right. So I ended up doing it again. Because they're from the States, right? Yeah, they're yeah. all from New York City. Yeah. So writing was impossible because we tried to do like the Zoom thing. Right. And like it just didn't really work. Yeah, there that, was no vibe. And yeah. 
you got to be in the room with it's each gotta other. It's got to be vibe. You know? Like, there's got to be. That's know. the whole thing. And the, yeah. whole, the studio's the vibe. Everything's the vibe. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you're just sitting in front of your computer, no. slaving away, sending tracks and all that kind of stuff, it's not very fun. Right. It's not a fun way to put a record together. So you literally wrote an album in, like, what, a matter of a couple months? Two like, weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man. And some, I'm, like I said, some of the best songs I've heard yet, man. Well, thank like, you. I agree, yeah. too. I'm fully yeah. biased, but I, I, I'm really proud of it. I yeah. Really, I really think it's a, it's a step up from our first record. And, um, I mean, I, and the first album, the first album was fantastic well, too. You. But I think like, I, I just, it feels a little fuller, a little like richer. Yeah. Um, I, I actually had to have like was wondering like had as far as the writing and lyrically and stuff. Have you, have you have you attended something like a writing camp or is it kind of just been like trial and error? Like this is what works for me and this is what. No, I guess I've never I've never done anything like that or taken any yeah. formal classes. I mean, I did have a. I had a mentor when I was a lot younger. Yeah. He's, he's now, he's a very big country pop writer. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, he had a couple hits, but now he's like really soared. And I, I kind of learned a lot from him. Uh, his name is Shane Stevens. And right. uh, he's a phenomenal like top 40 pop yeah. songwriter. And I, I, he kind of taught me how to write songs and right. kind of figure it out. Um, but other than that, no, it's a lot of trial and error. You know, see what's good, yeah, see what sucks. what works for you. And, throw yeah. out the, the shit and then keep right. the good stuff. Um, and what was cool about, again, making this record is that because we have the two weeks, it, like, forced us. We were like, we right. have to make this good. Yeah. There's no other option. Yeah. If I don't turn on a good record, my label's going to kill me. The fans are going to kill me. But you know, I'm going to hate myself. Right. <laughs> you know? I mean, so I owe a lot of it to um, the producer we use, Anton Delost. He's right. an incredible, fantastic producer, also a multi-instrumentalist, um, a terrific songwriter. Right. And a wizard, like, with the, you know, engineering and mm. all that kind of stuff, so... We wrote the whole record together, you know, in That's, the short. So you wrote time it we in had. two weeks and then recorded, and recorded it like immediately as we were going. Really? Yeah. So the whole thing was in two weeks. It basically. was just thrown together. We were like, "Oh, that's cool." Wow. Guitar so you, I guess you had a, a couple you know? songs already, like "Dead Weight" was already released and stuff. So like, what? How many songs did you did you put together in that two weeks? Well, "Dead the- Weight" was one of the. So I guess I'm lying a little bit. "Dead Weight" was one of the only songs, actually, the only song that I actually wrote for my first record. Okay. Um and. It, Hi. Are you Justin? Oh, yeah, I'm Justin. Thanks, man. Thank you. You're in the podcast now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep that. <laughs> yeah, we are. We'll keep it on. Thanks, Say man. Say hello to the listeners. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> there you go. Live, uh, live. That's uh, as authentic as it gets. That's it, yes. <laughs> we are going to keep that yeah. in there. Yeah, I love that. Um, well, to paint a picture for the listeners, we are literally sitting in the Danforth Music Hall on the balcony, yeah. looking down at the Blue Stones meet and greet right now. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool, actually. That was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I didn't expect that. You, didn't, you set that up, didn't you? No. You, I, you, I saw your phone go off. You texted that guy. He's a like, paid actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm always I surprised have fans, when uh, people know my name. I, it's still yeah. like crazy to me. I'm like, hey, yeah. it took time to like figure out who we are, figure out my name. Right, right. Listen to the record. That's incredible. I mean, you yeah, know? when I was young, like a lot of bands, you probably... You listen to you probably don't know their actual names. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I'm. I guess, like, for me though, I like to like when I listen to a band. I like yeah, to you know like to know everything. Who they, I right. gotta know the history. Mm-hmm. I gotta know where they came from. I gotta know how they started. I gotta know everything. Yeah, okay. The nitty gritty, everything. Right. I like to read the, read books. the biography. Yeah. yeah. All of it. Did Watch you read? Movies. Did you read Dave Grohl's book? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I read. I'm that. halfway through it right now. Fantastic. It's so good. We I, actually. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. Sidetrack all you want. We we watched the. Uh, the Foo Fighters did that movie, the Studio Six Six Six. Yes, yeah, we I watched, haven't watched it, like, it yet. Two nights ago, we should have watched it at Halloween. Man, no, I we if it, you yeah. love the Foo Fighters, you're gonna love yeah. it. Okay, like it's a little campy. It's of a little, course, it's definitely I silly think that's as what fuck. It's supposed to be, you yeah. know. But I mean, 
as a Foo Fighters fan, I love it. Yeah. And it's also nice to see Taylor, you know, and just see, like, his yeah. face again. Because that, that, that broke us, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I guess, yeah, when we were on that big wreck tour, when we started the second run, first show we did, we get yeah. off stage. First thing somebody told us, that we literally got off stage. No, like, great shows. Right. Taylor Hawkins died. Yeah. And everybody was in catering that night like actually sobbing yeah you know like grown men right like, crying i mean so i was there. i was one of those dudes you know it's you know? like it's funny like non-music people or who had you know probably don't get it but it's like even even i don't know if you've ever met taylor hawkins no, even but it's I like wish, yeah. it feels like you know when you listen to the music so much it feels like you you know them yeah i felt that when chris cornell died yeah me too i, I was we, like we might have spoken about that. we might have yeah, actually yeah. in the last i remember getting a text in the morning yeah. like waking up to a text and literally being like Ah oh, well, this day like this sucks. Yeah, that, like, yeah this, that's the same thing is, happened to me. I was like, I feel like I lost a family member. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's yeah. really weird when your heroes die. You know, yeah, they go like it's just you don't expect, especially for somebody like Taylor. You did not expect that. Right. Yeah. Like it was so shocking. Yeah. Like, there was no. I and no, usually, like drummers you know, don't get that kind of you know, love. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's fucking but legend. But he's like man. he is a legend. He's a legend. Yeah. One of the best. On the so Dave Grohl's book, I just picked up Bono's. Oh, he put out a book? He put out a memoir. And he did actually, on Sunday, he did a, like a one-man show. I saw that. Somebody Dude, posted on Instagram story. I, I was like, what I, the hell you is know what this? I was like, so U2 is my, I'm, we're, I come from an Irish family. Yeah, U2 yeah. is like my all-time favorite yeah, band. Yeah. And uh, Nick and I. I almost love didn't. Them, love them. Yeah? Yeah. I almost didn't. I almost didn't go, and I'm so glad I, I would have regretted it. I got a ticket the day of. Yeah. Because I didn't know what this was. I yeah. was like, it was phenomenal, man. It was like he was telling stories. He would sing in between. And it's like kind of the most intimate space you're ever gonna be in with Bono, right? Like, yeah, he's so, <laughs> like his his like small venue is like yeah. forty thousand, and it, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 and it was like him yeah. on a it was a smaller. Well, no, it was bigger. Meridian Halls is like a little bit bigger than this, but it was like him just on a stage with some tables and chairs and pretty cool. like a cellist and wow. a harpist, and yeah. like that was it. And so it was really really cool. That's rad. But anyways, let's go back to sure. black to, to to black box. So was there, did you guys, did you feel a pressure at all? Like, there's always that sophomore album pressure, like when you have a successful album. Mm. In your first album, you have all the time in your life to put those songs together. Yeah, yeah. Now you, even more so than ever, had two weeks to make this album. Oh, yeah, was there a pressure? I like, definitely felt the heat on that of one. Of course, yeah. But also I put a lot of pressure on myself because I was like, well, you know, it's one thing to, I guess, upset the label or whatever, you right. know, as important as, as it is to make them happy. I want to make myself happy first. And the fans, you know? like the, yeah, cause the, the listeners. And if like, I don't like it, nobody else is going to like it. That's right. just first and foremost, yeah. you know? And because uh, if I don't feel good about it and I can't deliver it, if I'm not confident when I stand on stage and sing those songs and right. tell those stories, you're not going to believe me. Right. You know? So I put a lot of pressure on myself. I was beating the shit out of myself. Mm -hmm. Especially it was COVID. Everybody was already down in the dumps. You know, I didn't think I could do yeah. it again, honestly. Right. I didn't think I could put myself through that process because the first record took like three or four years for yeah. me to figure it out, figure out the sound, put the songs together. There was a lot of like soul searching involved right. with, with, you know, alongside of just putting the songs together. Yeah. This time around though, I found it like when I actually got into it, it was way easier. Yeah. Cause I got out of my own way now. I'm like, I'm older. I don't really care as much. I right. know what our sound is. I okay. know what I like. So I had more of a directive. I had more of like a, this is what I'm going to do. And I, you know, but some of the songs do have a little bit of a, like go beyond the garage rock. Like, mm. Like for a song like Forever's Enough yeah. has almost like a bit of a pop influence. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about, you know, where you were kind of drawing influence on this album. Well, I, I guess I, on this record, I kind of just threw like all of my 
pretentious attitude out the window. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it doesn't. My first record I was like, it has to sound this way because mm-hmm. if it doesn't sound this way, people aren't gonna think it's cool. Right. You know. But on this record, I was like, I'm just gonna do shit that I like. Right. And I like pop music. I like hooky stuff. You right. Know? I like really catchy, groovy tunes, and uh, and I cared less about what people would think about it. Right. You know. Okay. I mean, the people that weren't gonna listen to us anyway. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like the fans are the fans. They're gonna love us. You know. And um, I don't think we you know, close any doors on this record in terms of like the fan base we already have. Mm-hmm. I don't think existing Broken Love fans are like going to be disappointed or, or, or have been disappointed right. by it. Um, but I guess, I, I guess, you know, I just didn't care as much about what it was supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. I just did stuff that I loved this time. I think with the first record, there was a couple tunes I like, you know, looking back now with the years that have passed, I like don't really love some of them. Okay. You know, but that was also partially because I felt like I had to do something that sounded But I mean, like you XYZ, also grow you know? and, like, you grow. It's funny because, like, it's whenever you talk to someone who's, like, having a 10-year anniversary of their first album or whatever, yeah. and you talk to them about their album, they're like, well, I was 18 when I wrote that album, yeah. and, like, some of those lyrics, like, cringe <laughs> at now, right? Totally. It's like, you're a different person. Yeah. When you're, yeah. And I definitely feel so. that. There's definitely a lot of, like, melodramatic stuff on that first record that, like... Right, listening what you're to feeling now. at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's who I was. And the record's just a snapshot in your life, right? Right, at the time. of course. So it's a, uh, and, and it's unfair to like, I, I think at least to put it on yourself to be like, well, I gotta make a timeless record. It's right. Like, well, nobody well, knows they're making a timeless record when they're when making it. When they're making it, it. Yeah. You know, you only find out like 10 years later. Yeah. Oh, the Blue Stones that's are walking on. That's, yeah, that's for us. That's for us. That's for us. They love that answer. Yeah. You know, it's funny, like, even, you know, you think about a timeless record, like, Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. Think about Appetite for Destruction, and I heard that, um, you know, that line in, um, now of course the, the name of the song's not um, Welcome to the Jungle, not Paradise City. Um, ugh, guns. My Michelle, there's no, Rocket no. Queen. Right, oh, a, like every song's a classic, but obviously a, we're talking top three Guns N' Roses song, and then literally it's, so it's gonna be a punch in the face that like I can't think of this song. It has like it's the not most- on Heaven's Door on that one? No, that's in no, Use that's Your Illusion. Illusion. Um, it has like one of the most famous guitar riffs of all time. Sweet Child of Mine. Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, yeah, in the end it. of Sweet Child of Mine, there's that line like- uh, Where do we go? Where do we go? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Apparently that was literally Axel was in, like they were putting the song together yeah. and he had no lyric yet and he was just singing where oh, do wow. we go where do we go now so that becomes and one then of those legendary like, parts of the song there you go yeah, yeah, yeah. so you didn't know you're, that's, I'm sure he didn't realize he was writing a timeless song yeah. when he was saying where do we go now <laughs> you can't know, you, know you, go. you have to live it to really see yeah you know? Uh, what about like I mean like you mentioned you've been touring with some awesome bands this year Dead Poet Society you mentioned Big Wreck mm-hmm. uh, Bad Flower yeah. who are an amazing band right now yeah, that was wicked um, you think you did a show with Papa Roach yeah we just did one yeah. in September yeah. so what about like you know when you get to hang with these bands yeah. do you ever pick up anything from each other or like watching their show oh you know, for like, sure yeah. I'm, I'm always kind of analyzing because we, we actually just played a string of our first headline shows ever which went great in the US but, uh, you know, up until this point, we've just been opening. So I'm right. always trying to watch what the other band's are doing, seeing what's working, you know, and seeing things that I could pull into my Right, like I like thing. that. I think I well, could pull One some. thing in particular, actually, is the, uh, when we were on that tour of Bad Flower, the support band was called 68. And the singer, um, Josh, yep. he was like the most amazing frontman. And yep. his stage banter was unbelievable. Really? So, so it took sorry, a lot of cues. From, from a band called 68. 68, They're okay. like a duo from Atlanta. Cool. Super sick, like riff rock kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but his banter was fantastic, and I, and I actually I got I got his blessing. I steal some of his lines now. Yeah, you know nice. that's one yeah. thing I'm definitely always conscious of. Like interacting we, with the we crowd. We perform kind of electric, electrically. Yeah. I don't know if that's a that's a proper term, but we're we're gonna it make now. it like yeah. it is now. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, I like to analyze lead singers and see what, how front men are. Right. You because know? I'm, I feel like now at this point I've started to come into my own mm-hmm. as, as the front man. Yeah. Well, I mean that's a whole other art. You know, on top of making music and writing hit songs, now it's like, well, now I've got to be an entertainer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of like the, like the MC. Yeah. For the night, so. Um, that's definitely one thing. The music, like itself, like I, I know what the band sound like, so I can right. listen to the records, kind of thing. And a lot of bands kind of stick to a certain formula. Live, mm. we kind of just go and right. Like we're gonna try some shit tonight that we didn't do last. Okay, time, you know, cool. Because that's how we like. Right? How do you do know? It, you know? Yeah. So um, definitely take a lot of cues from the front man. That's definitely one of the most important things. Okay. And, and also see the way they interact with their fans. I like seeing bigger bands how they treat the fans as well. Yeah. Just let you know, just to see like this is. Because the bands that treat the fans the best, I see, are always the ones that stick around. Right. You know, because they don't get sick and tired of them, or they don't feel like they're jaded or whatever. You know, so all these bands we've been on tour with have been so great. They come out after the show, get off the tour bus, they shake hands, you know, people right. are waiting outside. They don't have to do that, but they really go out of their way to make those connections. Especially Bad Flower. Like, yeah. their fans are, like, diehard. Really? And that tour has done so much for us. Okay. You know, we're still reaping the benefits of benefits that. Benefits from people. You know? I saw you guys with Bad Flower. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan. Yeah. Well, when we just went out with Dead Poet Society, they've toured with them a bunch. They're actually going out again with them in Europe soon. Um, a lot of the people that came to see us on that tour were Bad Flower fans. Okay. You know, it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Right, of course. Once yeah. yeah. I mean, that's. I've. there's been times where I've been to shows and... Like an opener, I had never heard of them, and I was like, man, I enjoyed this more than the band I went yeah. to see. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, one thing I was laughing at today, I was watching the video for Like a Drug. Yeah. You come rolling in in a Ferrari. It was a Corvette. It was a Corvette, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Or so I was like, new so great. In a Corvette. What's going through? Are you like, I, like, how much are you worried about scratching this Corvette? Oh, I was fired. <laughs> yeah. I like to like, think I'm a good driver. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I definitely like. I had to squeeze it through like a sound stage, yeah. you know, which was rad. Yeah. Um, but then at the end of the, the shoot, we only had it for like six hours. Right. Whose Corvette was it? We just it rented, like, rented it. Rented it. Like yeah. the director rented it for the right. shoot. Because the whole thing, I was supposed to be like this pompous, like, you know, rock egoistic yeah. rock star. It's like showing up late to his own music video shoot yeah. and stuff. And um, at the end of this, you know, I was like, well, I got to take this thing for a spin. Because we were on tour when we right. did that. So I had to get to like, I don't know, fucking like North Dakota right. or something two days after that. So I just went on the highway and I was doing like, I was burning out in the parking lot and doing donuts and shit. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So you weren't worried about scratching No, I wasn't worried all, about right? it. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> well, recently, one, one thing I was thinking about, I was putting together and I thought it'd be an interesting question to you is I've, I've been thinking about what are like the top, I'm putting together a bigger list, like top 50 most influential albums in my life. Mm. So I was thinking, I was be, be really interesting to ask Justin, yeah. what are like f- five albums, I know it's putting you on the spot, but what are five <laughs> albums that have been super influential on in your life? Uh, well, off the top of my head, I could say like Siamese Dream, Smashing Pumpkins, okay. 100%. Um, super Unknown, Soundgarden. Yeah. Destroyer Kiss. Okay. Probably a big one for me. Uh, Zeppelin II. I'm thinking of one more maybe that I put some miles on. See, if I think like modern albums, like probably like Royal Blood's first record. Yeah. You know, that record left a mark on me. But you can, those albums, you can hear those in your music. You think so? For sure. I hope so. Soundgarden, for sure. I think we talked about that last time too. But yeah, Royal Blood, I can I can hear that, the influence in that. Yeah. And the fact that we were just talking about this, the Blue Stones, the fact that they're a two piece is like unbelievable. Their sound is so full. It's massive. As a drummer, I sound great. yeah, 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 for sure. Um, if you had to put together a festival 
the Broken Love Festival, who oh, would be wow. on the bill? With modern bands, well, who would be so, on the bill? Definitely Royal Blood. Yeah. Probably Blue Stones. Yeah. I'll probably get, like, Cleopatric. Cool. Um... Cleopatra's coming to hang at my house. Oh next yeah, week. Oh, yeah. That's we're doing sick. we're Tell doing one I of these. Hi. I will. Yeah, I will. They're hi. they're they're coming in to record at my condo. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, probably put Badflower on there. Yeah. Nothing but thieves would be on there. Yeah, Wicked Band. Um, Dead Poet Society for sure. Uh, I think maybe a couple more. Maybe off the top of my head. Let's see. I probably put like um, Tiger Cub. Okay. Which is awesome. Um, maybe we put. I'm gonna think of one more. Yeah. I'm gonna do one more real quick. Give me one more. Rainwolf. We'll okay. Rainwolf. Cool. Yeah. Love I it. think that'd be like my favorite. Festival. Yeah. That's the that's, that's the, the modern, broken love festival. I think right that's there. like the modern. That's the modern rock. Yeah. Sound that I like. You cool. know. Love it, man. Uh, what do you think of? And uh, we're headlining off, obviously. Of course. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. Sorry, Royal Blood. Yeah, like, sorry. <laughs> They're here to see us. Yeah. Of course. The first time yeah. I saw Royal Blood, I mean, it's funny, the first time I saw Royal Blood was opening for the Foo Fighters. Oh, really? Yeah. Fuck you lucky. Boy. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. Like, <laughs> my, I, I brought my my best friend. I think I got him a ticket for his birthday. Yeah. And he hadn't been to a concert in like three years. What or something. a birthday present! Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. like, man, you owe me big time. It That's was the awesome. it was the one where Dave Grohl broke his leg. Oh yeah, music, I saw him on that which tour. was an awesome. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think maybe I don't know how the energy level increased, but yeah. it was like, yeah. 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 That was wicked. I, I, they also came to Queens one time. I didn't see them at Queens of Stone Age, but... Oh, fuck. Queens oh, of yeah. Stone Age would have to be on there. All right. But if we're talking yeah, like modern, like yeah. new bands, I guess they're not... Yeah, they're, they can not still count. They still count. They're still... Yeah. Oh, I guess, are, they still, are they still active? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I forgot to say, like, like, Clockwork is one of my favorite albums. Which one? Time, oh, like, like Clockwork. Yeah. so good. I think mine is Lullabies That Paralyze. Oh, also one of my favorite. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't dislike any of their records. Right, yeah. You know, they're all amazing. Yeah, Lullabies That Paralyze was like... When I think of influential, like at the time of my life when yeah. that came out, I played, I think I had the CD and yeah. I think it's like unplayable now because <laughs> I ripped amazing. it so many times. What do you think, what's your opinion on Dolly Parton making the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Did she? Yeah, it's amazing. Good for her. It is. Everybody you know, loves Dolly. You know, it's, uh, yeah, you know? it's true. It's so funny, but it was, uh, when it got announced, I don't know if you heard this, when it got announced, Dolly was well, like... Did she say, I'm, I'm okay? She's, she's like, like well, she was like, I'm okay. She's like, you should probably put a rock band in yeah, here. Yeah, well, I, I agree with that. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. she's, I feel like, you know, she's accolades for days. I feel like nobody yeah. needs to... The rock and roll hall of fame. Not rock and roll music, yeah. The rock and roll hall of fame is kind of like that, though. It is kind of like that. It's kind of more like a music hall of fame now. That's what I think. It's like, would you have a, you know, uh, country hall of fame and put Metallica in there? Probably not. I don't know. The rock hall of fame also, like, because they didn't put in Kiss for a long time. Right. I guess they're, like, trying to save people for different years. Like, you can't just put all the best bands in there at once. Yes, but, like, some bands get in. Like, Rush wasn't in there for a long time. I know. You People know? are going to start dying before they get in there. Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I think Neil Parrott did die before yeah, he got in I'm there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he yeah. I, No, he didn't. He didn't. No, he was part no, of it. the Foo Fighters inducted him. I oh, okay. Yeah. And I remember when they did, they did a little bit of 2112. They kept, you know, doing a shot to Neil's face. Right. Because, you know, Taylor was ripping the drums. And right. All that stuff. So, yeah. again, one time I saw Foo Fighters here in Toronto. Yeah. Maybe you were there. I was at that show. You know what yeah, I'm going to say, exactly right? When they played that. YYZ yeah, 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 with Getty and Alex Lifeson. Yeah, yeah. When was that? 2010 or something? Yeah, 2011? I, I was like against me open. 10 or 11 or something like yeah. that at the time. Yeah. Yeah, against me. A long me time open. ago. Yeah. It was yeah. A wicked show. That's maybe, maybe my favorite Foo Fighters show that oh, I've yeah? seen. Yeah. I saw Dave Grohl's birthday show in LA. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, it was, okay. I think it was like his 50th or his 40th or something like that. I don't remember what year okay. it was. But it was a big fucking show. Yeah. Paul Stanley came out. Lemmy, Lemmy came out like two weeks before he died. 
Jeez. You know, um, Nick Oliveri, the original bass player from Queens, was there. Um, Tenacious D came out. Slash came out. Wow. Stevie Nicks was there. It was wow. like an all-star like lineup. That's unbelievable show. Okay, so nothing. That was my favorite Foo Fighters show I've ever seen. Of course, seen. nothing's gonna top that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when yeah. when was that one? That must have been like so, 2015. I want to say 2016, something okay. around there. I was living so in LA at the time. So my controversial opinion, my favorite Foo Fighters album is Wasting Light. No, that's not that's my favorite. Very really? Favorite okay, so everyone's like, you can't say not Color in the Shape. And no. I was like, fantastic album, but for me, Wasting, Wasting Light, Light was. Down is the best Foo Fighters. Record. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so through and through. I remember I missed. I was out of the country when they played here, yeah. so I went. They played in Buffalo, so that might between that and and that that one where Rush came out, but. Yeah. Hard to beat Dave's birthday show, I'd say. That was insane, yeah. dude. Well, because yeah. you didn't know what to expect. They announced tickets that morning. Yeah. And I have like a newsletter thing from them, so they announced it. I got a notification when I phone at 6 a.m. Yeah. I buy a ticket. Yeah. I went by myself. And uh, I didn't know what was going to happen. First song, they come out, they open Detroit Rock City with Paul Stanley. <laughs> I, I nearly fainted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was incredible. You want to you want to hear an awesome Paul Stanley story? Sure. <laughs> I've told it before on this podcast, but it's it's good enough to tell again. So I also do concert photography um, for the Edge 102, and I was shooting Kiss, yeah. and I was like, I had just gotten in with the Edge, and I got they put me in for Kiss, and I was like, blown like as a photographer, that's like the show to shoot. Yeah, yeah. So what they do instead of like first three songs from the pit or whatever, they want like you to get the stage show and up close. So you do one song from the soundboard and one song from the pit. So the whole thing's like a mad rush. Yeah, yeah. So they open with Detroit Rock City. Always. You're shooting from yeah. far. Boom, huge expire. Then you basically rush to the stage to do Shout It Out Loud. Yeah. Right? So I'm getting into the pit. I slip on the, the like oh, no. the, the steel plate that's covering the, the cables or whatever. Yeah, I just yeah. do like a splits. Yeah. So I didn't realize till afterwards, split my, my shorts open. Oh, no. Like, oh, down to like full exposure, yeah, basically. Yeah. Anyways. So I go in, anyways, but like, again, I mean, I don't even notice because I'm mad rush. I've got like, shout out loud's like two and a half minutes long. Yeah, I have two yeah, and a half yeah. minutes to get all the shots I need of Kiss. Yeah. So I'm shooting Kiss. Anyways, at one point, I, a pick lands on me and it's, it's one of Kiss's picks. And it's like, mm. this is amazing. So I, I didn't want to fumble with my pocket, so I stuck it between my lips <laughs> while I was shooting. And I'm going, I remember I realized like, why is this wet? And I was looking through my photos later, and it's the pick that Paul Stanley sticks on his tongue. Oh, no. And then spits out <laughs> in the crowd, and I was too busy. I didn't realize Paul Stanley spat his pick oh at me. Oh, my God. And uh, anyways, I had it in my mouth. And so, like, when I was telling you, it was my birthday that you day. You basically made out with Paul Stanley. That's everyone said. They yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. Made, basically made out with Paul Stanley yeah, yeah. tonight. Yeah. That's pretty rad. And then I had to take the subway home with ripped shorts. <laughs> like, literally, like, I was... Holding my camera bag over, yeah, like, so it didn't man. look like a creep on the subway with like, wow. ripped pants. But yeah, you absorbed anyways. some of his DNA. I did. You think you absorbed I did. some of his talent. The next you day, know? I wrote a killer song. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so that's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, uh, the last thing, the last thing I did want to ask you about, because I love it, is your Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is a new topic of discussion. Is it? Yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. Do people ask you about this all yeah, the time? I, I've, I've been. Uh, we'll see. Ask me the question. Well, well I was just gonna say I love it because it's like every band's Twitter is just like band promo, yeah, yeah. but Broken Love's Twitter is just also <laughs> random thoughts that are. Well, I'm assuming Justin. It's just me. Yeah. 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 So yeah, one yeah, day yeah. I remember one morning, literally woke up, pulled over, it was just on my feed. Yeah. I don't know. You put something out there that was like maybe kind of dirty or something, yeah. and there was like <laughs> just comments from like. Karen's basically yeah. being like, Justin, take this down. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
I love it. <laughs> tell me about I yeah. Tell well, I was inspired. So when we went on to our Bad Flower. If you follow Bad Flower, yeah, yeah. on Twitter, Josh yeah. from Bad Flower is Same very thing. much like that. Okay. So he inspired me on that tour because I didn't really get Twitter. It's like one of the things I right. came around to late. You know, and it's particularly hard for bands because like nobody gives a shit about you promoting things right. on Twitter. They want funny shit. They want like weird little blurbs. That's yeah. what I found. I figured out. You know, um, like it's not like Instagram. It could be like, oh, show tonight. Right. Here's a picture. Twitter, you got to be like, oh, do you know, does pineapple belong on pizza? Like something right. stupid, <laughs> like that, you know, and it, just to get the conversation going. Right. And Josh is totally like a master of that. Yeah. He kills Twitter. Okay, I'm gonna have to. So I was like looking at his tweets and trying to mirror some of the stuff he was doing and like it started working you yeah. know and like just having like a weird like personality character right. on Twitter because we have like all these we, Twitter followers that we have that like follow us like or they have the notifications on I tweet and with like half a second, second they're already there. commenting right. you know yeah. um, so I've just been trying some stuff you know just trying a little personality I wish personality, I remember what that you know? tweet was but I, I just remember laughing so hard <laughs> yeah I just remember laughing so hard it's like there was like it might have been the one, there was a good one where I said, uh, tonight for dinner I'll be having chicken breast hold the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> maybe what, maybe yeah, it was yeah. that or something like or, uh, that. There's, yeah. a couple, there's a couple good ones there. Oh, no, there's a good one. This one, I, I think a lot of people got mad at this one. I said, uh, um, oh, my God, hold on. I have to remember it really quick. Um, they say you are what you eat, but I'm not an ass. <laughs> that was the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was the one. I thought that was very clever. I think, yeah, I think that was the one. And Which is not comments, true, by the way. It was like, more, yeah, like <laughs> more, than, uh, more than the tweet itself. I just laughed. I was like in tears reading the like, comments. Justin. Like, Justin, we expect, right yeah, we expect more of you. <laughs> love it. It's all Thanks, jokes, mom. Thanks, it. mom. Yeah. It's a, they all love it, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, really looking forward to the show tonight, yeah, man. Always fun, man. enjoy watching you guys and... Uh, should be good. My voice Can't wait to hear more. Up, you know? I yeah. hope. We just came off a tour. Month and a half. Yeah. Like well, when you said hours. you're exhausted and then yeah. you just told me you put out an album in two weeks and then, <laughs> and then just basically been touring since the last time yeah. I saw you. That, Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Well, looking forward to tonight yeah. and thanks, thanks again for doing this. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Cheers, man. I can't wait to listen to it. Wicked. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.